I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to an HD Smartcast original. Don't you always want to hear it right from the horse's mouth? I certainly do. I want the best and the brightest minds in the industry to tell me about it. Yeah, Tell Me About It is my latest podcast since I come across so many interesting people in the industry. Some of my favorite students, they asked me if I can speak to some really intelligent and well-known people on hot and trending topics, you know, like content, influencers, health, branding, entrepreneurship and more. Who am I to quiz the best and brightest, you ask? Hmm. Well, I am Siddharth Deshmukh, also known as the Traveling Professor. Maybe you've heard me before somewhere. Yeah, I teach across various institutes. Join me and new experts every week over two parts where we dissect these topics and try to make sense of them. Hopefully, learn something about it when they tell me about it. This podcast is an HT Smartcast original and is available on htsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. So here's another one. This is really interesting. According to Nielsen's study in, uh, about Generation Z and its behavior towards sports, Z is more loyal to athletes than they are to clubs or franchises or teams. How do you think it will affect sports franchises, especially going forward? Because, you know, we've had a bit of a break and people connect a lot to their, you know, the players that they admire and stuff like that, even in team sports. So what, what, what are your guys' take on, on, on something like this, especially in cricket? Joy, you want to go first? <laughs> All yours. <Okay>. CD yours. <laughs> so, so um, you know, it's uh, often questioned, where does the journey of a fan begin? And it usually begins with iconic players, right? But sooner or later, where it ends up and where it resides is uh, with the club or the team, right? So, in the long run, your, your loyalty is more likely to stay with the club or the team and the, you know, players will come and go. But the club is where you and along with other fans, you hang out, right? Very rarely, occasionally it does happen. Someone like Ronaldo moves or whatever, some fans would move. But by and large, um, you know, the fans, uh, the, the, the iconic players help recruit fans. But then, you know, once you tied in with a club. So, I think being a member of a club is a lot to do with not just loving the sport or looking up and admiring the player. It's also a sense of community. It's a sense of... You know, it's 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 quasi uh, patriotism, right? You almost feel loyal. You almost feel a, a kind of sense of patriotic duty to come kind of kind of support and do the best you can to keep supporting. Which is why, you know, even when your team loses, you don't give up, right? Because it, you it, it gets instilled in you. It's it's like almost your duty bound. So that is where I think while there is a temporary break, and some players will shift and some players won't be there. You know, clubs have to get back to, in some senses, and which is where we were talking. You have to keep on holding on to your existing fans in other ways. 
not mm-hmm. just by doing sports which is unfortunately not there and you can you can still you know remember the good old times and play back old matches but you can also get players and coaches to like you can have live webinars like this where players and coaches come and talk to their fans and stuff like that so you're still connected but of course you have to double up in terms of recruiting old new fans and reconnecting with old fans once things start becoming a little more normal right yeah. whatever that normal is that normal yeah. may be a new normal related question sorry siri to to cut you uh, just a related question to joy i was always surprised when you know uh, all these ipl leagues actually got in and it it's played out in football leagues as well uh, when you were had non local players coming in to clubs and then suddenly you know uh, making things popular say ms dhoni for you know uh, chennai super kings etc but do you think that will continue to benefit the club or do you think that is actually going towards the star individual see actually in team sport and which is why i say this very strong in team sport finally yeah. everything that a player does accrues with the club and yeah. even larger accrues with the league and the sport yeah. so it's very interesting the nba mm. actually mm. prides itself on the fact huh. that the most the most followers huh. are the players get the most followers huh. followed by the clubs followed by the nba and they have no problem with it whatsoever because they believe that that's a natural process you start with the club you start mm. with a player you start with a hero you mm. sort of move to the club and uh. then the larger larger gain is that the sport or the league itself also grows as a whole because of it so yeah. you first become a fan of lebron james then you become a fan of the lakers Correct. and then you become a fan of bas- nba and then basketball the sport so as long as they are clear about it and remember what are we talking about suppose let's say sport is disrupted for a year yeah. i have a feeling that whatever it is in some shape or form the sport will return within say a year mm. in some shape or form and i'm i'm venturing i'll go out on a limb and say that yeah. if i say that any player can hey players are injured they're out for a year all the time you yeah. know the players gone he's not playing a season so it's not as if tomorrow lebron james or you know these guys will just lose their popularity yeah it would be help it would help as cd says to keep them relevant to keep meeting maybe having instagram to have discussions to yeah. keep them there uh, again the better leagues are doing a great job of this because they keep putting out stuff reminding you wow this is the team you follow take a look at yeah. these highlights take a look at these great moments yeah. so they are telling you all the time guys we are still here we are not going away and yeah. it's important to do in these periods but yeah. i think that yeah i think it's definitely going to recover and that's how it's going to go do you, uh, just uh, uh, do you think that uh, one of the ways in which these guys have been kind of keeping the flame alive is by recasting old matches and stuff like that do you think that works uh, uh, how 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 I, i personally think they work i personally think they work i don't i see you have to say how effective they are as opposed to what how okay. effective are they as opposed to not having likes are they as good as live sport of course they're not but okay. are they good stuff to put out when you don't have live sport i still think player interviews and all are great but reminding them about why people reminding people about why they love the game or this particular team is the best way of keeping people involved with sport right so, um, okay again back to the question on the clean break do you think like we've been noticing esports and let's talk of esports or e gaming right now uh, do you think that that's going to get a big fillip uh, now because of this break uh, do you think that uh, 
you know, it was always on the ascendancy uh, for the for the past few years. I'd like your views on why esports is getting so popular in the first place, and maybe it could be a historical perspective or a different perspective that you may have. I'd love you to share that with and your views on whether it's going to have a spike. CD all yours. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think there are two things. Uh, one is uh, primarily, you know. Yeah. one of the things i i talked of mirror neurons and all of that and dopamine and adrenaline and all of that um uh, you know one of the great things about sport especially for a vast majority of people who don't have much to look forward to or hope or achieve in their own lives is yeah. a sense of what is called vicarious achievement yeah. when your favorite team or player wins and even if they don't the sheer hope that every yeah. time they go out to play that they could win gives you hope mm. and this is you know for example the british football clubs you know their their traditional fan base used to be people used to work in mills people used to work in mines they had dead end lives they had nothing to look forward to but guess what every friday evening every saturday evening they had something to look forward to when if the team won they said we won i won right so it gives you a sense of feeling of achievement and accomplishment yes however however much that closely you know aligned you are and your mirror neurons are to the player somewhere deep down you know that it's another one's achievement that you are rubbing off you know um, there there is a term in sports marketing called birg basking in reflected glory right you basking in reflected glory of what the team has done however one of the great things about esports or fantasy sports is that right from it allows you to convert from a spectator to actually a player Yeah. and you don't necessarily need as much of i know it needs a lot of skills but it doesn't need as much of the physical fitness and skills of a real real player who's out there playing and it could still be you know doing pretty well so it allows you to feel a little more like a player because you are actually participating more actively so that's one positive the other of course is the fact that we are now talking about i think um, at least i can speak for myself and maybe joy we are on the wrong side of the digital divide we try our best to kind of catch up and all of that but you know a generation of young kids who are growing up you know with their fingers on the button where you know everything they do is through digital you know uh, devices it's about living their life through digital devices so even sport is a natural expression of you know how how much they do and how much they participate so from both these perspectives i see fantasy sports and esports becoming um, even bigger i mean some of us may or may not like it that's our personal choice uh, but uh, but to me to me it seems pretty obvious and right now given what has happened uh, you know thanks to covid and thanks to some of the restrictions that will probably remain for some time maybe quite some time Uh, all the more reason why you know fantasy sports and esports we talked about how everything will shift to digital faster so i think that's going to happen to sports too that's my personal opinion okay i, I i'd like to probably share a, a contrary view uh, on this i feel that the more we are disconnected perhaps from each other it's quite possible that we are yearning for that physical contact and physical show so I, that, that that's another fact i'm not denying the fact that e gaming or e sports is on the ascendancy and obviously you know it's going to have have its own fans but i don't i'd like joy stake on it but what do you feel 
ఫీల్డ్స్ <laughs> possibly much more leveled in that sense so okay. esport is going to be bigger and bigger and as the technology catches up and your experiences become more and more realistic and more and more life like yeah. the more it's going to grow so let's not even pretend that esport is the thing uh, yeah the only thing that i do have to say and i do agree with you to that extent definitely that sport is going nowhere because uh. i think what will happen is when it is difficult for people to come together for a sport what will just happen is that the price or the viability of it the thing will become the value of it will increase yeah so it's like saying that you know today the value you said to saying that okay you know i am can go and watch this game in a stadium yeah after this you know maybe going to watch a game in the stadium is a very special experience and a very much yeah. more coveted experience than it was before i think that that value is going to rise yeah and okay. it's not going to go away i think sport is both sports are going to grow I have no doubt in my head e-sport will grow exponentially simply because of the level playing field it offers but uh, real sport or uh, not real sport because e-sport is real sport it's it's a competition it's not scripted yeah physical yeah exactly yeah. physical yeah. sports going nowhere either okay so related question to you joy and uh, cd can chip in after this is uh, do you feel that india will get out of the single sport syndrome uh, quicker because of covid 19 <laughs> I have uh, I've been facing this question for the past god knows I'm the sure only difference, the difference the only <laughs> the only thing that has changed in this question in the past 20 years because I not 20 it what 30 odd years that I've been hearing this question right. is that we've grown from a billion people to 1.3 billion people that's all that's happened <laughs> nothing else has really changed uh the fact of the matter is that look India is moving towards being uh, a multi sport country just that cricket is actually still growing all the sports are growing at 30 40% mm. cricket is growing at maybe 10 15% but the so base, base is so large uh, yeah. that they are still so much bigger than everyone else it's not that the other sports are not growing and the other fact of the matter is that with all their problems with all the politics and there's a lot of it cricket is still by far and away the best most efficiently run federation sports federation in the country at mm. the end of the day the biggest problem with india is the sports federations a lot of them are either in the hands of people who are corrupt and corruption is one part or incompetent and that's probably worse because what happens is you may be good enough to sort of uh, run a sport when it was you know one friendly santosh trophy tournament but are you good enough to you know make this sports transition to a multi million dollar industry most cases they are not they are scared and uh, that's that's really what's holding indian sport back so solve the federations and you have so much growth waiting for you it's not funny okay siri any thoughts yeah so i firstly completely agree with uh, joy that there's been too much of historic combination of um, uh, incompetence and corruption which has held indian sport back and um, in that cricket has apart from the fact that indian cricketers did well from you know from yeah. the time of gavaskar and kapil dev and all of that but um, 
I think I think uh, I see, um, and uh, I think um, you you will know that too. Since we you know uh, we, we we meet a lot of young people, I see a lot of hunger and young people. Uh, two things: one is the whole international exposure, right? I see a lot more young people who are exposed to EPL, NBA, all of that, who right. generally want to you know get out of this cricket trap and saying okay. Um, it's not that cricket is bad or I don't like cricket or I don't play cricket. But yeah. what the hell? I also like tennis or I, I like um, uh, yeah. football or I like whatever. And that's that that's becoming, you know, it's getting much more legitimate and with more channels, more, you know, online uh, availability of content and all of that. All that is simply growing. So I'm clearly seeing um, your young generation, which is much more open to the idea of more sports and having their own personal choices, which is not necessarily dictated by what people around them or older people um, are preferring. That's one. The second thing, of course, is that I don't know. I'm hoping that this whole disruption that is happening, you know, sometimes good outcomes come out of bad things. So I'm hoping that this whole entire COVID thing and the setback and coming back Maybe there will be new ways. I mean, one of course is the whole technology and esports, whatever. Maybe yeah. new other kind of sports will find a faster way to kind of get back to action and um, you know find their feet. You know, and sometimes the analogy I have is that you know when the Titanic saw uh, the iceberg coming, there was still maybe a mile and a half away, and they couldn't get out of the way. But if it was a gunboat, it would have probably been able to be more agile and quickly shift and uh, avoided that collision. So I yeah. think maybe younger, smaller sports, more agile sports might yeah. actually find a better way of coming back and becoming more relevant. Who knows? Uh, just a related weird question I've got. I'm combining some of the questions that are coming through uh, to, to my phone as well. Do you think that both of you, right? I'll start with CD first. Do you think that there is a sport or a couple of sports that are going to peculiarly benefit from uh, this, this disruption? Peculiarly, like for example, let me just uh, like for example, silent sports. There are some sports that require silence. There are some sports which can be played indoors. So obviously, the the infrastructure and the requirements all are different for different sports. So any thoughts? Any any wild thoughts that some sport will just take off like this? If I was to look at it, the the one thing that definitely any sport which is non-contact at this point in time will. Mm will seem to have preference over contact sports. Simple, okay. basic thing that contact versus non-contact. Okay, so okay. that's one thing that's it. Secondly, yeah. players, the smaller an area that's required to do the sport, the better off you are. Larger stadia is going to be a larger issue because these are larger problems associated with mm. it. Smaller area, indoor arenas, possibly they're easier to police, smaller yeah. situations. So all those could be factors that help. And there are many games that can this thing. So, how did actually, how did, if you see how basketball started, why did basketball start? Basketball started because James Maysmith said that in the YMCA, these guys play American football and baseball. This, oh, what do they play in the winter? You mm -hmm. can't go outside, it's too cold to play in the winter. Mm -hmm. So, what happens? He goes and puts a peach basket up and says, okay, here's a game we can play in winter because we can play it indoors. That's why basketball started. It was invented. Why did volleyball start? Volleyball started because they said, Hey, you know what? Basketball, you get a lot of injuries because it's a contact sport. At the end of the day, people are driving to the rim, people are blocking. Mm -hmm. Let me create a sport that can be played indoors, which is non-contact. So, mm -hmm. he created volleyball. And volleyball, essentially, therefore, the amount of injuries that you get in volleyball are much less than you'll get, say, in a basketball or a football. 
So I'm saying all these. I'm not necessarily saying that basketball and volleyball are the sports that are going to benefit, but definitely with the change dynamics or as an invention or as a solution to a problem, different sports probably will emerge stronger. I'm not saying that the others are going to go away. Some sports are going to get an unexpected fillip. My sense is non-contact sports will be the ones who get a first big one. So any any choice? Difficult to say. See, I'll tell you who gets on. One of the things that you look at today is that whoever gets on gets permissions to be able to play and stage a tournament as early as possible. Because right now you go and tell any Indian fan what he wants to do is switch on the television and see a live bug out there. That's what every person is dying for, just to see that live bug. So Correct. whoever manages to scramble and get on first is the guys who are going to benefit. Because you know you are just you just Correct. want to watch live sport. Yeah. Not to mention save the save the you know uh, what do you call the uh, the salaries of thousands of sports journalists were also sitting wondering what are we going to write about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Correct. That's that's true. CD, any any thoughts on this? Yeah. So um, I'm I'm just building on what uh, Joy said. So yeah. one is yeah, every sport is kind of um, dying to get back into action, and the fans are and. Sometimes it might even happen that you know I may have my preference of number one, number two, number three sport, and if number one sport is not getting played yeah. and number two sport gets back into action, I'll start following it and maybe get 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 a reaction. So from yeah. that point of view, I don't know. I've I've read that you know Formula One is trying to get back early in. That is yeah. not really too much of contact between whatever, right? That's one. Um, maybe smaller indoor stadiums, you know, things like te- table tennis, even yeah. badminton, all of that. They may get a fillip at this yeah. point of time because of because of the peculiar constraints that the larger format sports are under. Uh, maybe more, uh, you know, things that you can almost equally enjoy watching um, online and enjoying it. And- And as you said, silent sports, maybe things like chess uh, mm-hmm. might get a fillip, which is whatever. And the last thing, I'm kind of uh, sticking my head out. Maybe this is a great opportunity for somebody to invent some new sport, <laughs> keeping all these constraints in mind. Yeah, that's interesting. All, all sports that we enjoy today are sports that were invented at some point of time. Yeah. Who's going to invent a new sport in 2020? Perfect. That's a good one, Siri. That's a brilliant idea, as usual. <laughs> Very good, uh, Joy. I, I have a question for you. If you have to package something like esports for TV, right? How would you do that? It's tough. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't even try esports for TV. What I would try and do is not TV. I try and package it on for online. See, mm-hmm. because see, one of the beauties of see TV finally is for me. TV is actually fifty percent of money, twenty percent of online. It's online without the sort of uh, back and forth. So my point is that. e-sport uh, online you know live streaming with comments coming everything happening that for me is very easy to do it's not difficult at all because you can show the players you can have you can have multiple screens you can pick off player screens you can see comments at the back see the yeah. truth of it is let's not pretend that you want to make the same you need to make the same look and feel of a live cricket match for a live e-sport match for it to work okay. Correct, it, you correct. can work it completely differently. And remember, today, already in cricket, you're second screening in the sense that you're watching the feed, you're talking with your friend, you're looking up stats. Hey, in esports, I could probably offer you all of that happening: the screen happening at one shot, the players out there who I can focus on, comments happening, one yeah. expert talking about it. 
two yeah. experts in two other languages talking about it. All yeah. that I can do together. So that's how I'd go and package it. I wouldn't even go TV. That's I'd say eSport was yeah. born to be online. Let's keep it there. Okay. Thanks, Joy. Uh, CD, a question for you. Um, if if your you know if your uh, kid wants to go and play cricket, right, or play football or something, and as a concerned parent, right, what would you do? And now, just scale that question up a little. Do you foresee a problem for, at the grassroots level for people to get involved with sports? Yeah, I at the short run, yes. I know a lot of sports academies are probably facing this question. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's summer holidays coming up and this yeah. is a great time for sports academies to get filled up with the summer holidays and summer camps. And yeah. uh, they're all going to struggle because uh, parents are going to be seriously, firstly, it may, may not even be allowed. And even mm. if there's like partial, you know, lifting of lockout or whatever, a lot of parents are going to be seriously worried about letting their kids go out, right? So it's not only about, you know, wearing masks and stuff like that. It yeah. might be about don't play this, play that. Yeah. As, as as Joy mentioned, maybe you'll allow your kid to go and play badminton or squash, but mm -hmm. not football or cricket or whatever. Uh, yeah. The other thing, of course, is the fact that, uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, in the short run, it'll be more about training and not so much about playing to keep people's fitness alive and, you know, you know, you, you you kind of hit the ball and you make people run and practice, you know, catching the ball. But yeah. when you when you when you actually have to physically play together, the full yeah. you know, the full Monty game, um, I, I I I honestly as a parent would really worry whether my kid uh, at this point of time should be allowed till till I don't know. I mean, of course anything could happen. There could yeah. be a vaccine out and we all could get vaccinated and um, a year from now, everything could be back to hunky-dory and the, yeah. you know, the coronavirus may not be there and maybe yeah. we'll all more or less come back. But at this point of time, it's very difficult. I mean, if I'm looking at, you know, sports camps this summer, I think they're doomed, very honestly. Yeah, especially swimming and stuff, right? Who the hell is yeah. going to go swimming? Absolutely a problematic case. And I just feel very bad for all those coaches and, and at that level, right? It's, it's a very tough yep. one. Well, here's another question. I know we are going to run out of time soon, but I've got a couple of interesting questions for you. One is, if experiencing sports, and probably this is for Joy, if experiencing sports for fans in stadiums would now be rarer than ever, what is the future of the media rights market and the pricing attached to it? Will, will it have any kind of uh, connect? or not really, or will it in fact get pricier or what will happen? Uh, not look, immediately as I said, uh, I don't really see the media uh, rights decreasing or increasing. What yeah. does happen though, the one sad natural impact of it is a lot of sports, a lot of sporting leagues are teetering on the edge of, you know, somehow just managing to put their, uh, yeah. make ends meet. Okay. Yeah. Now what happens is, uh, sponsors have less money, there's less money in the market, those are going to fall off the edge. That's a sad, bad fact of the matter. Yeah. Uh, what happens in situations like this, and it's it's not, it shouldn't happen, but that's what happens, the rich will get richer. Because yeah. what happens is, people will just say, cricket is safe, IPL is safe, let me put my money there. Yeah. And so, the risk-taking, once risk-taking is reduced, uh, you know, the so-called... So likelier super hit films will get this thing. So, a lot of smaller leagues will get seriously impacted mm -hmm. and they are going to seriously have to look at their business model and say that 
this in many ways would have pushed indian sport back 5 6 years easily because you know just in terms of just when so there's certain amount of consumer confidence in okay this is yeah. going to grow this is going to happen uh it's pushing you back so yeah they while there will be some sports the rare sport which might benefit for it because of a, as a combination of circumstances as we discussed overall i think it's just uh, because there's less money in the market and sport is not regarded as essential there will be many more leagues will go down rights fees will actually go down okay all right i've got one question for cd and then i've got one question for both of you uh, to to kind of wrap this up so i'm i just wanted to find out what cd's view on online gaming is like ludo poker and and the rest of it right do you see that as uh, something which is like a big growing trend or do you see that as not sport or what do you what do you see that as again see again it is uh, more about participative sport so it kind of blurs the uh, spectator sport versus participative sport yeah. right um on 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 a mass scale the closest we have is something like marathon which is a little bit more of a participative sport so yeah, yeah so i think maybe there is a business opportunity of participative sport where people um uh, take place in online competitions and maybe there's a business model that can be created out of that and um, if some of these need exceptional skills which are visible to spectators you can also for example we know some of the esports in places like Um, you know south korea and all get huge uh, stadium or um, you know attendances and stuff like that as i said maybe there is a there is a opportunity for a, some kind of a disruption which yeah. keeps in mind all the current constraints and actually reinvents a new kind of sport um, which can be um, a combination of uh, participative and spectator but yes. yeah there could be another channel of participative sports where people you know people need entertainment people need to feel um, you know at the end of a hard day need to get their break and whatever yeah. one was watching other people play today maybe some of them will choose to play themselves yeah. and if somebody can make a business model out of that so be it and i agree with joy that you know um, you know uh, in the short run it's the and it's true of all businesses almost all businesses right the whole pie is going to shrink so a lot of people are going to fall off the big guys may still survive um and the middle guys and the relatively small guys might fall off but i also see the opportunity of some a lot of innovation and innovative you know invention at the fringes which may become the 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 future uh, you know successes uh, happening because of you know necessity is the mother of invention yeah okay Wow, you guys, you have no idea how much of a struggle I am having with all these questions that I'm getting right. Oh God, I, I, I just, I don't know where to stop. Uh, there are some questions which are saying, "What are the panel's thoughts on TikTok as a platform for aspiring sports persons to showcase their talent?" I'm, let's not get into that. Thank you, Shikhar, for that question. Vibhor, you've given a question on PUBG, and and that's also good. Uh, you, uh, Siddharth Raman, shout out to you. Thank you for that question for Joy on packaging esports. There are so many questions by you know Saurabh, Noor, Ananda. So I just the list is endless, guys. You guys are very very popular. I'm just the moron who's in here for the ride, but I'm enjoying myself. So I'm going to ask one moronic question to to end this uh, this uh, conversation that we've got. And so here we go, right? If you were managing marketing and management of the olympics right which is going to happen either next year or the year after that what would you do what would your action plan be like 
what would you actually you know because there are so many factors uh, th- that come into play the the marketing of it the management of it the what would you do it's a big one okay two parts one is yeah. that uh, one assumes that the Ma- olympics are happening in july 2021 so one yeah, is that yeah, absolutely so one assumes that if that is say decided it is yeah. actually an opportunity to make it much much more special yeah this is the olympics to celebrate our our fight our resurrection from covid you can yeah. make it really special you can make it and if you've noticed it it has always happened that you know when great you know situation people have been faced with a huge amount of you know trouble with this when you come back after that the feeling that you have the emotion is heightened everything is heightened so in many ways this could be the most memorable olympics ever just because how much more we now yeah value what we didn't have when covid was here so yeah. it's a huge 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 emotional big big opportunity i would play it very close to the heart i would just play it about being back in sport just celebrating sport keep it simple keep it beautifully simple that's what i do okay well thanks what about you cd i i couldn't agree more with joy this could be uh, the most special olympics not just because it's going to happen in an odd year because you know it's it's truly about the olympic spirit right vini vidi vc it's so it's really about the coming back of humanity from the edge and celebrating yeah. all that is there in the human spirit to you know um to to fight you know what i talked about resilience and you know agility it, it it's really and and olympics is 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 really all about that right so there's no better platform there's no better brand than olympics to celebrate the world coming back um and 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 celebrating you know true um, the the meaning and the true purpose of sports in human lives so it is it is going to be one heck of a special olympics then well yeah I mean that's how it should be marketed and seen yeah that, that you would just keep it simple and you would let it market itself is what i'm hearing actually no no we would build a lot of stories around it we would probably get uh, you know the oldest olympian alive to come and be there to saying that you know i can't miss it yeah i've been to five olympics uh, yeah. but this one i have to be part of even as a spectator because not in the hum- you know history of olympics has something as special like this happened so yeah. make it really special i i think that's what joy was saying i'm building on what joy said i agree with him wonderful wow we uh, i don't know how the hell time has flown especially for me it's 6 o'clock and uh, thank you so much uh, for this wonderful interaction guys joy it's been a pleasure to interact with you and to learn from you and i wish i had sat in one of your lectures when you were there at mica and it it's been fun thanks, so maybe stay when social distancing ends i'll i'll meet up with you and say hi uh, and cd pleasure as usual right thank you so much and do forgive me for any any uh, you know anything not at all said. Oh, you were fantastic not at all this was great fun and you did a wonderful job siddharth thanks uh, sorry uh, yeah okay all right cheers bye okay. thank you bye see you bye bye yeah Wow, that was a good one, right? More of where that came from soon. Want to reach out to me? I'm Siddharth Deshmukh and I'm the traveling professor on Instagram. You'll find the funny side of me there. And on LinkedIn, I'm a little bit more serious. 
but I'm still the traveling professor. To give us feedback, you can reach out to us on HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, the usual suspects. To listen to more podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com or suno naye nazariye se. And join me in the journey. Onward ho! This was an HT Smartcast original. HT Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.